0: Don't ask me to talk.
1: Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacey Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas from the ridiculous to the sublime on Don't Ask Me to Talk. Now, here's your host, Stacey Heller.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I am Stacy Heller. Remember, if you can't listen live, you can check out Don't Ask Me to Talk on Podcast One, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you listen to um, podcasts, basically. You can also text D-A-M-T-T to 55678 for details. If you want to call in, the number is 425-373-5527 You may have a question for me, or maybe you just want to talk to the famed Eric. (laughs) You never know. Um, You can find me through my website, StacyConnects.com. My guest today is Dr. Busy Riley. She has been a guest before, actually. She was on with my mother in an episode that is
2: entitled Doctor and Who? It changed my life. (laughs) Conversation with your mother changed my life. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, learned some things.
0: Uh, she has
2: that effect on people. <laughs> she definitely has. <is. laughs> same, Busy, same. I'm not joking. <laughs> no. I learned some things, and it, I changed some of the things that I do because of your mom. Wow. I'll, I'll tell you more about that later.
0: Okay. All right. So Busy is a naturopathic uh, general practitioner. She is a supplement guru, and she's just <laughs> really amazing. She's also my doctor. I can out myself even if you can't out me. Um, No comment. Exactly. (laughs) So, my rant and ramble. Okay. First, last week I got yelled at because I did not say hello to mom and Lee and Diane at the beginning of the episode. It was too far into the episode, and they were like, We didn't hear you say hi. So, I'm saying it now hello to mom, Lee, and Diane. And I'm also giving a special hello to Carol and Debbie who are visiting. Um, the funny thing is, none of them are listening right now. Yeah. They will, though. Well, mom's used to listening to it live. And so the whole idea of then finding the podcast version. I was she's wondering
2: like, if she knows how.
0: I mean, she does if somebody does it for
2: her. I get it. I and get it, it has
0: nothing to do with age and everything to do with attitude. Mm-hmm. I get it. Which is probably a little <laughs> bit about what you learned from my mother when you were here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was the life-changing part right no, I kidding.
0: mean I have said to her like <laughs> okay are you asking me to do these things because you're 81 and like legit maybe there's you need some help or because you're a princess mm-hmm. and she's like oh 100% mm-hmm. because I'm a princess <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah she says she mm-hmm. wants ladies in waiting <laughs> speaking of which perfect example <laughs> last week mom called me and said I'm putting you on speakerphone here's the deal Lee and I want the Rothy shoe, the loafer in red, and they don't have it, and we're not happy about it. Now, this woman has, I think, two pairs of Rothy sneakers, four or five pairs of the loafers, and like seventeen pairs of the point shoe. Right, so she is not lacking for Rothy's. Mm. However, that's not the point. It is not the not point. Not the point for her. And she was like, "I'm not happy." A red loafer is an obvious choice, and if anyone can make this happen, you can make mm-hmm. it happen. I'm not sure about that. Um, however, it was annoying enough of a conversation that I tweeted at Rothie's, quite literally my second tweet ever. Very nice. Right? And I, here's what I wrote. Hey, Rothy's, my 81-year-old mother called me to complain you don't sell your loafers in red. She's got 23 pairs of your shoes and nothing else to do. Help me
2: help her. Amazing. And? They responded. What did they say? They
0: sent me a private message and they were like, we want to help your mother. What is she looking for? Oh, my God. And so I think they're going to send her a pair of shoes or... Amazing. They're going to make her like the spokesmodel for Rothy's. Oh, my gosh. This is very exciting. Right? I love it. It can't be G-rated because I'm sure she's going to say, you know, (laughs) bad words and
2: call people uh. things and whatever
0: <laughs> however she would do an amazing job i sent the i i got into a whole little convo with whomever it is mm-hmm. that's running the mm-hmm. the twitter board for mm-hmm. rothies and i sent pictures and a video of my mother dancing with charlie adorable to a kanye song
2: wearing rothies
0: wearing rothies rothies are really thin on the bottom right they are yeah there's a little if no arch support they're actually quite comfortable. Yeah. They are sustainable. By the way, not I love sponsored, that idea. but, but maybe totally you be sponsored. Be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, Robbie. Mm-hmm. Um, they're sustainable. You can throw them in the washing machine. That's actually really cool. Even just the insoles in the washing machine. So if you have sweaty
2: feet, um, but your mom obviously does not have plantar fasciitis cuz I feel not. like those that is impossible for me. Yes. I think I've argued about this with you and Bruce about wearing flats, which are adorable. You know, when you got old lady feet, you can't do it. It, but your mom obviously doesn't have all She does feet. not have she has a she's really got narrow youthful, foot. Full lovely feet. Uh, well, okay, that
0: seems extreme, but
2: sure. Yeah. I haven't seen them in, you know. Yeah. For the record.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she has feet. Mm. And they're long and they're narrow and they're used to flats. And mm-hmm. uh, she was she was never willing to do heels, but she's always done flats. And Love so it. I think she's just like Fashion hurts, mm-hmm. but Rothy's don't. Actually, I have a couple pairs, I love three, it.
2: and they're quite comfortable. I love that they're sustainable,
0: also. Yes. Yep. So, and you know, they're good looking. Mm-hmm. Like the pointed toe thing, mm-hmm. it's not like very uncomfortable the way that pointed mm-hmm. toes used mm-hmm. to be.
2: Yep. So, like when you had wide feet before and you wore pointy shoes, it was right. extremely uncomfortable.
0: Exactly. Yes. And I have a rather large big toe, and the fact that it fits in that pointy shoe.
2: I didn't want to say it on the radio, so I'm glad you brought up your I, really large big toe. It's, it's been weighing on me. It, it weighs on me. It's like having <laughs> a freaking flipper.
0: <laughs> okay, mm. next. Um, this weekend, we went east. Love it. Went for Parents Weekend for Grace at Fairfield. Now, here's the highlights. And Eric, you are going to love this story. So All right. Naturally, I get on the plane, and I'm like trying to be the bigger person, and I say to Pete, you can have the window seat. Now, ironically, we were in the um, the exit, and there was no window. <laughs> so my big moment of letting him have the window seat kind of
2: backfired. It's a and wall. He was at the it wall. Was, he was at the wall. Yeah.
1: Still nice to have something to lean on.
2: I agree. Exactly. I still would take it.
1: I mean, besides you, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, <laughs> no. exactly. Exactly.
2: And then
0: on my right side, on the aisle, was this man that was lovely because, of course, I was like, I left my snacks in my backpack. I have to get up and get them. And he was very (laughs) patient with me. And I just had this feeling that I was going to chit-chat with him. Naturally, I did. So we're talking, and I get to know his name. His name is Gabriel. He's from Guatemala. He's been stateside for several months. Um, His now fiancé, congratulations, um, has been working on, this is the part you're going to like, technology that the concept is having like a cell phone tower type thing in remote areas to detect fires. Cool. It's like a fire lookout but without the people. So I was like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. This is what I'm obsessed about on my show That has nothing to do with fire, fire safety, (laughs) technology or whatever. And so he and I got into a whole big conversation and we exchanged information. He's following me on Instagram. I'm shouting out to say hello to him now. Hello. Um, And he was so lovely. And so now I have to see if he's told George about me so that I can have George on the show.
2: I love that idea. Wonderful.
0: Right? Yes. I love it. It's so serendipitous. I mean it was meant to be. It was meant to be, exactly. So that was really exciting. And then the weekend Wait,
1: but did you tell him about the rain barrel idea?
0: Well, <laughs> I did and to his credit, he had uh, no comment.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: He was like, I don't know, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like Maybe we go fifty
1: fifty on that funding. <laughs> what do you say, sir?
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Maybe we put rain barrels underneath the towers.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just
0: saying mm-hmm. I so I'm gonna talk to George about it and you know, Gabriel, he was with me. I love it. Yeah. So I love it. Um So then the rest of the weekend, you know, besides seeing Grace in her natural habitat, which as a senior in college, it is definitely like a habitat. Mm -hmm. Living at the beach, which Fairfield has, um, it's an awesome community that has a beach that's on the Long Island Sound and the seniors. So it's either like these huge McMansions that are on the beach that are privately owned and lived in by, you know, whomever, or it's these college kids and it's just everything that you would expect. Mm -hmm. And so she lives in one of these houses with several other girls. Fun fact, did you know that if more than five girls live in a house together in Fairfield, maybe in all of Connecticut, but definitely Fairfield, it's considered a brothel. Come on. Right? (laughs) They haven't changed this law. What? Yes, it's true. So the health inspector- Who told you this? It is a- Grace told me, her landlord told me, the health inspector, uh, the neighbor apparently called and complained that there was a lot of cars at the house. And the health inspector came and counted how many people
2: were in the house. Interesting. It sounds a little archaic.
0: Um, It's a Fairfield, little. Yeah. Connecticut. Yeah.
2: Like there is some archaic. Yeah. 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 So Interesting. Yeah, I I just was like,
0: that is fascinating to me. Like, of all the laws that you're going to change or not change, Mm -hmm. uh uh-huh. I'm like, just say that you can't have more than five unrelated people living in a house or something. Mm -hmm. Like, don't say that it's a brothel. Which is still crazy
1: because, I mean, if there's enough room in the house, then five people should be able to live comfortably, no problem. I agree. There's no Um, health code violation there. That's insane.
0: There isn't. And I think it's because... The college has had these kids for so long and now all of a sudden what used to be these little beach shacks are now like million dollar real estate. And so the town is annoyed that the kids sort of bring it down. But I'm like, you also make your money from the kids.
2: I'll tell you what we're not talking about is the extremely sordid past of Fairfield. I mean, what the hell was going on there that they needed to make this law? Apparently they had a real problem. Right? A brothel problem. Well, it is a bedroom community of I, New York. To say the least. In <laughs> <And> more <laughs> ways say, than one, right? Exactly. Right? <laughs> <my laughs> goodness.
0: Exactly. And I will tell you that since Pete, my husband, went there as well, clearly he contributed to the problem, as did my brother who also went there. Didn't you meet him in college? Well, I
2: met him at... How Did, did you meet him in a brothel in Fairfield? <laughs> sort of i feel actually. like we're really this is really going in <laughs> the important direction yeah
0: now. no no i met him through <laughs> my brother who also went to fairfield
2: mhm mm-hmm. so if men a bunch of men live together it's not a problem just if it's women i i guess so we got we've got some Right? Legislating to do.
0: I know. This is going to have to be the new thing that I take (laughs) up besides preventing forest fires.
2: fires. (laughs) Once you solve all the forest fires in the world, you can move on to this.
0: I might have to multitask, though, because (laughs) that may take a while. Um, So basically, the weekend was all about eating and drinking, eating good pizza. That's right, Mm, folks. you heard me. East Coast pizza. Mm. Good bagels. Now, isn't
1: Connecticut, this sounds weird to people that don't know about this, but isn't Connecticut known for having like a special pizza that they consider to be the best pizza in the world? Well,
0: there's Pepe's Pizza, and there is, uh, what's the other one? Um, well, it's Frank and Pepe's. Um, and that's in, like, Hartford, um, which is, like, where Yale is. and Because oh.
1: um, everybody knows about New York and Chicago and Detroit pizzas kind of have a moment. But I swear I heard that Connecticut is, like, really proud of their pizza and has a, their own special
2: I don't know. I grew up in Boston, so I could be wrong, but I don't know that it's a different type of pizza. Maybe it's just extra good there.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's a different yeah. style, like where, you know, Chicago is deep yep. dish and mm-hmm. like New York is mm-hmm. like the thin crust and all that. I think there's just a few places um, in particular that are known for the pizza. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of eating Yum. and a lot of drinking. New and Haven. that's the, New Haven, the not spot. Hartford. New yeah. Haven, yes. Um,
1: They've got a pizza trail, apparently.
0: A pizza trail. Really? Which this and this sounds
1: like a life goal for me. It I could
2: sound really good. Really? <laughs> Go check this
0: out.
1: So, is this like the history Connecticut of pizza trail?
2: Interesting. Wow. Does it have Frank and Peppy's pizza?
1: It does. Yeah. Uh
2: huh. It's like the Freedom Trail, but for pizza. That sounds amazing.
0: And it...
1: this pizza does look good in the picture. It's,
2: <laughs> it it is. Ama- now
0: I'm hungry. He's now. got 10 <laughs>
2: screens with pe- all with pizza on right them surrounding right. him. It's right? It's pizza now. porn, totally. <laughs> it is
0: totally. And the thing is, like, we got in at like midnight on Friday, and there's a place called uh the Colonial Grill. And so I texted Grace and I said, Bring us pizza. Mm-hmm. And so she met us at the Airbnb where we stayed and she brought us pizza. Perfect. And I will tell you that even the bad pizza is good, good. pizza, mm-hmm. so good. Um, so the other thing that was big all weekend was the drinking. and mm. I will tell you what is not attractive. adults at a bar that's like a seedy college at the beach bar, getting so drunk that they get into it with the bartender mm. are then forced to leave with their wife trailing behind them like, honey, honey, and then going the after poor kid. the two bouncers. Yikes. So I agree with you, except here's what I noticed. Pete and I spent a lot of time talking about this. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, we're like the poor kid. On the other hand, the number of times that we saw kids doing things or parents doing things, and we were like, oh,
2: apple tree. Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: And so on the one hand, yes. On the other hand, it seems like... You know, the number of times that we saw certain behaviors that obviously it's been modeled. Mm -hmm. And so the kids now do it. And it's their family's norm. Mm -hmm. And that can be good and bad. Yep, yep, for sure. And in this case,
2: it was embarrassing. Yep. And you know it's bad when all of the kids are like, dad fight, dad fight. And they're like chanting it. Oh my gosh. That sounds kind of terrible. It was. Yeah. So we left. Kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So um,
0: anyway, that Was the basic summation of our weekend. Yes, we spent quality, awesome time meeting Grace's boyfriend. He's lovely. Her housemates, they're lovely. Their parents, they're also lovely. And um, just being in our old stomping grounds because we literally used to live in the town.
2: It looked like so much fun. You showed me some pictures a moment ago. It was was really fun.
0: So and sunny, so sunny and beachy. We watched a guy who was parasailing. Um, fall and dislocate his shoulder mm. badly Ouch. like Ouch. there was of course in all of the sea of parents at mm-hmm. the point there was like an orthopedic or something mm-hmm. and they could get it back in the socket kind Ugh. of thing and he also hit his head so Yikes. two of Grace's housemates who are in the nursing program went down and were also helping and mm-hmm. so you know the girls were in their high-waisted jeans their crop tops with their Two <laughs> bottles or cans of whatever they were drinking in their back pockets <laughs> helping the first responders and the police. And I'm like,
2: does nobody care about this? In their mom jeans. In their I mom jeans. I love the mom jeans right? trend amongst these youngsters these days. It well, was. I
1: just brought them to a nearby brothel to That's recover, right. So.
2: That's right. Thank God it's, the brothels were all around. There <laughs> yes. were tons of extra hands. Right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: They were Come so on. helpful. Mm-hmm. All right. On that note, (laughs) let's take a really quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to actually talk about important things with Dr. Busy Riley. We'll be right back with Don't Ask Me To Talk.
1: But what happens when you don't know how to have all that or where to start? Well, join me every week to learn more about how, because I am just like you. So join me each week here on KKNW for this show is all about you. A show about how you and me become we and what that means for all of us. And be sure to visit my website, wordsbyjdk.com. Are you stuck in a creative straitjacket, going crazy, trying to find a different way out, exhausted from trying to make old ideas feel fresh? And relevant, Popcorn and Noodle is a boutique agency that specializes in popcorning new ideas and noodling on existing ones for entrepreneurs and small businesses. Whether it's ideas about what to name a new venture, how to promote your services, or which direction to consider next, Popcorn and Noodle serves ideas that pop and stick. Don't go crazy. Go to popcornandnoodleideas.com. Creative solutions serve daily. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Don't ask me to talk. Welcome back to the show. Before the break, we were discussing the archaic laws that Fairfield has around young women living in the same house and how it's considered a brothel, which naturally would just be something that would get busy, like all (laughs) Twitter-pated. And um, she, during the break, is like, we got to do something about this.
2: I just like, I love history. I love learning about the history of a town. So honestly, I think there should be a brothel trail in that town where you can learn about the history of all the brothels. That's my bigger concern is what the hell was going on there.
0: I, there is a lot, of, <laughs> there's a lot of history in Fairfield. I guess, <laughs> uh-huh. If you watched All My Children, apparently back mm-hmm. in the day when they used to do, I think it was All My Children, when they used to do exterior shots of the big houses, mm-hmm. apparently the exterior shot of um, the house in one of the houses was... Very cool. Very nice. That's a really important part of history. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So tell me. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Tell me what you want to talk about. I mean, you are. First of all, I explained to somebody recently when I said that I was going to see you as my doctor that I had switched. And they said, oh, well, why? And I was like, well, because I trust her. She talks fast and I can keep up. (laughs) She talks in a language that Mm. is plain speak and so i can understand you didn't
2: weigh me i don't typically weigh my patients unless i really think it's indicated
0: well you know it's like i know that i'm overweight right now like i don't need to be i don't need to be weighed i'm not so much so that it's a concern that way or so much so underweight mm-hmm. that it's a concern and so and we talked about all these things and i said to someone that as a cradle catholic It's like going to confession and you're supposed to be able to confess everything. Mm -hmm. And I remember as a little kid, you know, it was like I talked back to my mother and I wasn't nice to my brothers and things like that. But, you know, I didn't say like I stole a piece of hard candy.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So it was like, you know, that was kind of like a wink, wink, like we're good, right, God? (laughs) But I couldn't really say it to the priest in confession. Right, right. That's how it sometimes feels when you go to a doctor.
2: Yeah, I agree. And it and it shouldn't, but I agree. And I think the weight for many people, I'm, I'm going to generalize and say women, but for many men too, it's really triggering for people. And if people have a weight issue or concerned about their weight, they're weighing themselves at home. So I think part of it is as a physician, the more uh, vitals and sort of physical exam pieces that you chart, the higher you can code historically. So I think it's a part of trying to document as much as we can. I don't think it's indicated for a lot of people, to be honest, but I certainly will if people want me to or if I'm concerned that someone's losing too much or gaining too much. And it's right. really like, you know, it's could be really relevant else. for their yeah. health at that time, for sure. Well, yeah. and
0: it, it wasn't just the weight piece. It was the fact that I could go in and talk to you about everything from my weight and, you know. How many cocktails a week do you have? And the fact that I didn't edit or, you know, tell me about your eating habits or tell me about your sleep patterns or your sex life or, you know, any of these things. And
2: all of the things,
0: all of the things, they're all relevant. And weirdly, for the first time, maybe ever, I didn't have that feeling of like confessing or editing my
2: confession. Good. I'm glad. I mean, I think that, you know, when you go to see your physician, if you feel like you have to edit yourself You're not giving them all the information and then we can't do our job. I mean, and that isn't something they really teach you in medical school. They don't spend a lot of time teaching you how not to be judgmental because you're still a human being and we can get triggered by things our patients say. But I think that if you can't sit there and just be present for somebody's story, then you can't really treat them appropriately because there are always small things here and there that people aren't mentioning that could be really important. Right. And we're generally, generally speaking, physicians are not paid to take the time to listen to all of the pieces of the story.
0: Well, and people's perspective is different. You know, one of the questions that you had asked me is, you know, um, you know, anything else health wise that you need to tell me? And I'm thinking like, you know, what did I do? (laughs) Well, what did I do? And like, well, I've never like, you know, lost an arm or a leg, (laughs) and I don't think I have to tell her about, like, stitches Mm. that I've had, and, like, I've never donated my kidney Mm -hmm. or been in the hospital for anything, and so in my mind, I'm like, no biggie, and then we were talking about hormones, and and this whole topic is something that you're really passionate about, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I was talking about um how I had three miscarriages mm-hmm. and that I had blood clotting and so I had to take heparin and this whole thing and you're like oh well that's something that I would that would help me and that right. would give me a greater idea then in terms of deciding if you're going to take hormones yep. and, you know what you're going to do and it's so interesting because then people's
2: perspective on like what what's important what's relevant right? right you don't even think about it because that's a part of your medical history right well and, and that's a part of like you know, honestly, I think you brought that up in passing. Maybe I asked you I, if you had oh, a history totally of clotting <laughs> disorder, but you know, that's like good history taking is not to miss things like that. So our systems are supposed to make it so we can get all that information, right? So, well,
0: yeah. and I imagine that it's tricky because for some women, I grew up. My mother had miscarriages, so and she wasn't ever. My mother's not quiet about anything, mm-hmm. but she was forthcoming about mm-hmm, that and mm-hmm. what that was like. And so when it happened to me while well, it's it's disheartening and it can be devastating, it wasn't as devastating as it is for some women right. because it was just sort of— There's
2: no stigma around it. There wasn't. Well, and, and you also have four children, which I think really helps it not— it takes the weight off of the miscarriages when you can balance that out with a full-term pregnancy that is fulfilling for you.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember when Charlie was born— um, You know, we had Annie and then I had three miscarriages and then we had the Mm -hmm. three last kids. Mm -hmm. And Pete said they all came back.
2: Oh, that's lovely.
0: And it was like and they came back in um, like in bodies that would work for Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. so an interesting, very introspective, Mm -hmm. um, like philosophical and spiritual moment for Pete. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that space that has just felt really secure To go in and to tell you about these things and to not feel that judgment. And, you know, I'm generally a healthy person. But at the same time, I'd like to be around for a while. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that I cover all of these things, it's It's important. It's really important. It's really important. I agree with you. And you have certain, certain, you have a whole, like, tagline that is live like you give it me. I do. Yep. And it's your whole philosophy um that if you're going to do anything then do it like you give a damn.
2: Yeah, I mean I I really believe that everybody has the right to live as full a life as he, she, they wants to. You know, and it's within your power to do that. And so I have plenty of patients who I think you wouldn't think are a typical, you know, ideal patient for a naturopath, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have a patient that drinks six Diet Cokes a day. And, like you know, it's like my job is to meet people where they are. My job isn't to say you're doing wrong and this is terrible. My job is to share information with people, mm-hmm. which I always do, um, and to try to give them information about what could, they could do to optimize their lives. I mean, that's really what it's about. A doctor's not there to judge you. A doctor is there to help you live the best life that you can live. And that looks different for everybody. You know, everybody's comfort level is different. Everybody's desire to exercise or eat a certain way, I mean, that's really individual. So I think as long as you're doing each of those things in sort of a safe way and you're educated about it, you get to choose what you want to do. Mm -hmm. I have patients that, you know, refuse to get a mammogram. I don't think that's an awesome idea. My job is to share why, you know, why I think you should be doing your screening. Here are the pros, here are the cons, you know, but ultimately I tell them if they don't want to do it, you know, I document that. We have that conversation once a year. That's up to them. Right. That sounded really judgy after I just said
0: that. No. (laughs) No, I'm not judging them. No, I, I think that it, it goes to the, that science piece that, you know, based on, I, I'm, I would say, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong. I would say that based on your teachings, based on your research, based on your experience, based mm-hmm. on all of these things, by having a mammogram, you have a greater chance of catching anything way further ahead right, right. than if you don't do it.
2: Well, and I think it's it's all about, you know, I'm really passionate about middle age and this sort of perimenopausal to menopausal transition. And part of why is because I think it's just such an awesome time of life when we are really given this chance of like, what do you want the second half of your life to look like? Or the next five, you know, life is short. Maybe it's only five years. You know, what do you want that to look mm-hmm. like? We're only given this one life. And I think that, you know, if you really look at it from that perspective, being armed with information is really powerful. You know, it really gives you the opportunity to make the most of the time that you have. So, um, yeah, I do want to live my life like I give a damn. And I want my patients to also.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and that's one of the things that um, I remember when you were on the show with my mom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we got in the car and she was like, Busy thinks I'm doing just fine. (laughs) And I was like, oh, man. And, you know, I'm like... Okay, Mm. she does walk in her very cute, like, (laughs) puma flats (laughs) with all of her jewelry on, Um, you know, but she doesn't really eat, per se, and, you know, she, like, drinks like a fish from, you know, 5 o'clock on. Right, but I mean, the thing is, it's like,
2: how old is your mother? 81. Your mother's not going to change. Like, she's happy. She likes the way her life is. Mm -hmm. She feels good. She probably doesn't want to live to be 115. You know, it's like... I don't want her to live. She too
0: a- young. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, it's like she's she has energy. Mm-hmm. She gets sleep. She's passionate. I mean, that's a full life right there. Yes, it is. She looks like she feels better than I do every day, and I barely drink. You know what I mean? Well, and like, she gets tremendous sleep. I, I I just happen to think like it looks different for everybody. Yes, you know. Yes. So, what
0: do you think has made you so passionate about this? perimenopausal mm. to menopausal stage. Yeah.
2: I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I mean, I I'm 47, so, you know, basically all the women I'm close with in my life are between the ages of like 45 and 65, right? Um so I'm just surrounded by it and I actually started diving into this whole hormone therapy thing a few years ago. I had a lot of patients I was inheriting from other practitioners and they would come to me on literally 15 different hormone supplements, hormones and supplements. And I was just thinking, this is insane. Like, there's no way this is safe. Mm -hmm. I was really conservative about hormone replacement therapy at that time, and I just decided to start to educate myself. So I started asking around what kind of continuing education are people doing, really deep diving and learning as much as I could about what's safe, what's not, and how do we make that decision. And then, of course, during this time, I'm getting further into my 40s. And like I said before, I think one of the best things is I don't think this is true for everybody, but I know for a lot of women as they get older, you have fewer and fewer days where you sort of give a crap about what other people think. And you have more and more days where you feel true to yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that this happens more and more. You know, you're, you're really thinking about, like, what is my purpose here? And really starting to actualize that. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking, you know, A, a lot of us really struggle with hormonal symptoms. I mean, really from the time we're teenagers as women. And... um we don't talk about it. It's 50 percent of the population that's like bleeding through their pants once a month. And nobody is having that conversation out loud. Sorry to sensitive ears out there. But it's (laughs) true. I mean, we don't talk about menstruation and hormonal changes and all the things. And it's 50 percent of the people out there. Right. And it's important for us to have that conversation. And I think it goes so beautifully with the idea of like, how do you sort of like love who you are? You know, know your animal, know what's what, what your strengths and weaknesses are, and really actualize that. And part of that is figuring out how to har- harness your hormonal cycle. Mm-hmm. And it's not all rainbows and unicorns. I'm not out there saying like, oh, I, let me cure all your hormone problems. Right. But I do think we have so many options, and a lot of practitioners are not talking about it. And that is like I can really empower people by explaining to them what their options are. I right. think it's really important, you know.
0: Well, and as women, uh, it's like we forget, you know. The whole like when you get your period thing like that is such like a coming of age mm-hmm. thing and mm-hmm. and then how your cycle is and the whole like not talking about it thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember with the boys when I talked to them about, um, you know, sex and about um, the birds, and the beads and all these kinds of things. Yep. I remember uh, there was this one instance where uh, Will and his friends. They came with me to like the pharmacy Mm -hmm. and I had to pick up medicine and they all went off Mm -hmm. and they're all sort of giggling and they're like, (laughs) what are you doing? And they're like, nothing, (laughs) nothing. And they were looking for the condoms. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, let me take you. I'll show you exactly where they are. Mm -hmm. So I walked them over and I was like, this is the condom section.
2: (laughs) Maybe not the king size for you right now. but (laughs)
0: Exactly. And here's this section, which is interestingly in the family planning section and there's typically like diapers and all of that so if you don't wear one of these mm-hmm. then there's a good chance that you're going to be putting one of these on to another person i love this and then i said <laughs> and by the amazing. way <laughs> oh i totally like they were all like uh-huh like this is way more than we bargain for and mm-hmm. i said and by the way if you think you're mature enough to be having sex, then you're mature enough to be buying tampons for your girlfriend, your sister. Or I your love mother.
2: it. That's such good education. I love that so much.
0: And so, just yep. like you know, the yep. hormones love and it. how it falls into our lives at all these different mm-hmm. ages and stages.
2: Yep. And, and it's so important for boys to be aware of it too. I really think that the, I think that's really empowering for them also because there are a lot of grown men out there that do not know anything about the menstrual cycle. Which, you know, if you're not with a woman, that's lovely. If you are with a woman, it's nice if you understand. It's a lot of work for some of us. Some of us sail through their cycles, no big deal. Some of us are really held captive by our hormones every month. And we don't talk about it, you know. Well, and it
0: changes. Like, I was always the person that sailed through, it was fine. And then, you know, going through perimenopause, it was like, I'm like, punch in the face. Like, when did this start happening? (laughs) Like, I was the person that, you know, you always have to be careful not to Tout too loudly right. how things are going because right. you know it's going to come back
2: to bite you. Well, you also don't want to arm somebody else with, like, I'm just, you know, I'm having such a hard time with my hormones right now. You don't want that to come, you know, my husband later to be like, Are you having hormone problems? Right. Is that why you're being such a jerk? Exactly. No. Right now, it's because See, you're, well, I didn't swear. I, I did not. Swear. I know. You said jerk. I said jerk. Exactly. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, so I love that. I think yeah. that's wonderful. I just, yeah. you know, that whole hormone piece. Mm-hmm. I I had uh, Lisa Downs on the show, mm-hmm. and she has her own show here on KKNW. Mm-hmm. And she talked about this whole idea of middle sense and that it is like the uh, adult version of adolescence.
2: Mm-hmm. And I love that.
0: It seems like, you know, the whole who am I going to be when I grow up and, you know, okay, I'm getting ready. And as you say, you tend to not care as much what other people think and you've got, you know, zero patience for things and whatever. And so hormonally, it's like the same thing, right? Yeah. It's a second. It's a like it's a a return of
2: Saturn. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know this whole idea of the return of Saturn? I do not. I am not a super astrologically educated person, but it's this whole idea. I believe it's like around the age of 27 when Saturn comes back to be in the same position that it was in when you were born. And it's this whole idea of sink or swim. Like, you have this opportunity every 27 years to face who you are and do the work that you need to do to grow and to harness that, to make it your superpower, come to terms with it. Or you can kind of like shy away from it. And then it's kind of like that opportunity comes back around. I'm I'm making up the number 27, but I think that's about what it is. So that's what I think, you know, perimenopause isn't a thing. Perimenopause is not a medical term. Perimenopause means you're in your 40s, your periods are absolutely wackadoodle. doodle nobody knows why, but you're not in menopause yet. So they're like, oh, it's the transition into menopause, but it could start at 40 and you could not stop having a period until 50. So, so it's like
0: hormonal purgatory. It
2: is. And and so what I can, what I call it is it's like you're really stressed and in your 40s and your stress level is affecting your cycles. And so you're not going to, you know, you basically you have to address it from that ground level up, in my opinion, if you really want those things to improve, which is Hard because a lot of us, when we're in our 40s and early 50s, where our kids are at the pinnacle of their needs of us, our parents are aging, we're dealing with that, we're at the height of our careers. You know, it's a very high stress time period. But I also think that, you know, we don't die at 50 anymore. Hopefully, we die much later than that. And so we're given this opportunity to have a life after we stop menstruating that isn't necessarily devoted to fertility or trying to avoid having children or And that is just a beautiful opportunity. I mean, Mm -hmm. talk about actualization. Oh, yeah. So I think it can be something. I mean, I'm not Pollyanna about it. I know it can be extremely horrible and really challenging. But I also think it's a really cool opportunity for us to look at what the future holds for us.
0: Well, and you had a lot of ideas for coping and for me figuring some things out. You were very focused on me making sure that I get sleep. Mm-hmm. That was a huge thing. Oh, and I want to talk about that. Let's take a really quick break. And then when we come back, we can talk about the sleep piece. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll be right back with Dr. Busy Riley. And don't ask me to talk.
1: Stacy Heller is many things. Entertaining, yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner phalanx. Like Winston Wolfe, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth, Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to StacyConnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Organic, free-range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk, 1150.
0: Don't ask me to talk. Welcome back to the show. During the break, we were talking about how much Eric learns,
2: <laughs> um, whether he wants to or not. I just asked if he had any questions about the female cycle. He didn't. I, he seems like he really understands what's going on. I, I think so. Yeah.
1: I was raised in an all-female uh, household, except go. for myself. So you're I,
2: fine. I, I, yeah. I, I got a pretty good grasp. You could it. probably teach us a couple of things if that's true. I right. don't know about that. <laughs> well,
0: the male perspective, anyway. <laughs> um, okay. So sleep. So mm, one of yeah. the things that I was very struck by was through our conversation and talking about like, okay, realistically, Stacey, you know, with you know, drinking. Here's some things that you can do and exercise and eating and, you know, basic things like, OK, it's, you know, colonoscopy time and, you know, all of those basic things. Mm-hmm. But a real focus was the sleep thing. Yeah. And when you were asking me about the kind of sleep that I get and, you know, I'm like, well, probably two nights a week, I get really good nights of sleep and I get six hours of uninterrupted sleep. And you were like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> And so then I have been really focusing on the sleep piece and it's been amazing. It's a game changer.
2: I mean, it's, and it's not, you know, realistically, not all of us have the opportunity to sleep optimally all the time. And I know that that's true. I think for me, because one of my kids was a really horrible sleeper and I think I spent eight years being woken up between one and seven times per night. I mean, literally until he was eight, he did not sleep through the night. And just knowing what that feels like on your body and then learning about how much stress hormones have so much to do with our hormone production. You know, if you have a high stress demand on you all the time, you are going to make more cortisol. That hormone production of cortisol is going to pull from the hormones that you need to nourish your menstrual cycle also. So not only just because sleep is important for a million other things, but for hormone production, it's really important. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think a lot of the issues we go through in perimenopause are related to stress. So by nourishing your sleep, what you're doing is you're really ensuring that you have, you know, eight solid hours out of a 24-hour period where you're not just cranking stress hormones. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a terrible sleeper, so I, and I have no judgment about this, but probably for that reason, I have a lot of tricks up my sleeve because I have tried so many things. Um, and everybody's really different. And then different phases, you might need something different, different mm-hmm. phases of your cycle, before you go into menopause, after menopause. But it's also one of the best ways... In that transitional period, you know, as you're going into menopause, to stave off some of the weight gain that people really struggle with, mm-hmm. because a lot of that abdominal weight gain that happens with menopause is because of stress hormone production. Um, it's you know, cortisol is really designed for periods of starvation. It's like we've run out of food; we have to go hunt for our next meal. Winter is coming; store every calorie as abdominal fat because we're going to need it. You know, to to follow the herd or whatever. And, it, I mean, it's a real thing. So by getting good nourishing sleep, you're really, really helping to sort of, like, mitigate some of those changes that can happen to your body because of stress. And then, like, there's a great book called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. He should be paying me because I recommend this book to so many people. But um, <laughs> he um, – it's so fascinating the number of things that, um, that you get, the benefits that you get out of getting good, solid, deep sleep – um, highly recommend that book it is just so interesting and it's super um re- re- user friendly like you can listen to it in on audible and it's really fun to listen to
0: interesting
2: um yeah it's amazing
0: well and you had you know you talk about the trip the tricks up your sleeve um and it's like an experiment it's mm-hmm. like okay here's all the variables yep. like is the issue falling asleep yep. is the issue staying asleep yep. is the issue um my three cats that
2: come in right. and
0: poke me on the face is, is the issue, the issue my that husband? you
2: like to stay i mean a lot of people love to stay up late and that's mm-hmm. a big issue is mm-hmm. like no but i love those hours at night and yeah A million different issues related to that. And then so depending on what those things are, you can kind of try to tease out what that person needs to work on. Mm -hmm. And there are universal things, obviously, like consistent exercise and exposure to daylight is huge. In the winter here, people don't like to go outside. But having your eyeballs actually see the sky during the day, even if it's pouring down rain, that actually affects your melatonin production at night. Like there are so many little nuances like that that everybody needs. But then on top of that, there are a lot of things you can do to manipulate. It's
0: so helpful. Okay. So I had got a text in. Okay. From JD. Okay. <laughs> he says, I'm listening. Hi, busy. Hi, JD. Um, he did say that he spit up his coffee and guffawed at the half the population is bleeding through their pants once a month. JD, are you bleeding through your pants? Well, um, I, I hope not. I don't think so. He okay. did say that he scared the Starbucks baristas. Um, so I asked him <laughs> if he had any questions, and he said, no, other than what can male partners do to help. During
2: um He's asked like me this before. What a menopause. lovely question. Right? Yeah, he's like, How can I be an ally? I just think I told him like batten down the hatches, buddy. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I think that's such such a nice question to ask. So and I think that probably depends on who the woman is that you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's really different for everybody. Um, how would you answer that question? I can give you my answer, but how would you answer that?
0: Uh well basically not suggesting that if I have a mood or an issue with sleep or anything that it's hormonal Mm -hmm. related Mm -hmm. unless I'm the one that says that it's kind of like talking about your mother the only person that gets to do it is you right so the only person that Mm -hmm. gets to talk about like my hormones is me Mm -hmm. um and being cool like as I've been working on my sleep piece it's meant that I've actually gone and I've been sleeping for a couple of weeks and one of the extra bedrooms so mm-hmm. that I can work through some of the like what it is that I need to do to fall asleep, stay asleep, not wake up, you know, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And Pete has been awesome. That's not so like, lovely. like, is there a rift in our marriage? Right. Like, what's wrong what's with happening? Me? Right. <laughs> and the fact that he has been very supportive and recognizing mm-hmm. that sleep's important to me, I need to figure it out. Yep. And he's like, what I can do to help is be supportive and not make it about me.
2: I love that. And I think also I would even almost back up earlier, you know, I I would love, like, I would hope that my sons, if they are in heterosexual relationships, so if they're with women, that in their 20s and 30s they ask, like, know when her period is and where she is in her cycle and, like, help pay attention to that. Sometimes that feels like as a woman – a lot to take care of on your own and then to have to explain yourself on top of that. So it's really nice for your partner to sort of know what's happening with your cycle mm-hmm. and then to not judge you, of course. But sometimes I would almost even say the opposite of you, like to understand that it, it, even if you can't see it, like for those of us that already struggle with mental health issues, sometimes those cycles can be extremely brutal on our mm-hmm. mental health. And to actually know that it probably is hormonal and that's OK and to know that it will shift and to not be afraid to ask questions also instead yes. of like. You know, let me solve this for you or poor you, but just say, hey, how's it going? Like, is this a part? You know, ask questions because I think that's a real rarity. I don't think a lot of people talk about their cycles with their partners. So and this is in heterosexual relationships and and probably lesbian relationships, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yep.
0: Uh, yeah. And Well, and I'm glad that you clarified the point because there's a difference between being like, oh, is it that time of the month? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and being like, oh, is it that time of the month? Right. So there's definitely a difference in the the context of that. And I'm referring to the former, not the latter. And that, you know, somehow making it like.
2: mm, Right. um, Just making it a part of the everyday conversation. Like, oh, your back hurt. You know, like if you had an injury or you had something that was really obvious, you could ask questions about that. How's your back doing today? Right. Right. You know, the other piece I would say, um, J.D. and to other, like, allies and partners out there is a big thing that tends to happen for a lot of women in their 40s and 50s is that the libido tanks. And this is a really important piece of the conversation, too, because it's really hard on your relationship. It sucks for your partner if you have a great libido and your partner is, like, could give a crap. And for most women going through this experience... It has nothing to do with how they feel about their partner. It's a lot harder to maintain a healthy libido, like, as you get later into your 40s and into your 50s. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean everyone has a bad libido. It just means that it's, like, it needs a little bit more nourishing and support. That is definitely a thing I think partners can be more understanding about and just ask questions about um, beca- and not take that personally. Right. Um, so um, what a great – what a nice question from a nice man, J.D. That's lovely.
0: Right? Yeah. Well, Thoughtful. and. You know, the, the sex piece, it's important for people to know that, like, this is, of course, I'm going to go. I'm going to go ahead and go there. <laughs> like, um, hold on, Eric. I promise there won't be any bad words. I'm not going to swear, Eric. I
2: am not going to swear.
0: It's, it's like sometimes when you reach a certain age, it's like you may need lube. You sure will. But not just for your actual body. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like You need to make things easier to move in other ways as well, (laughs) like theoretically, like philosophically, spiritually. Mm -hmm. You know, you just need to be in sync and it needs to be easy. And you have to learn sometimes to ask
2: for that help to make it easy. It doesn't need to be difficult. Well, and I tell a lot of my patients, I think for women, I mean, for everybody, libido can be multifactorial. But I think especially for women... For us, it takes us a lot longer to warm up anyway, just sort of physiologically. And I think this is a generalization. I know this is not true for everybody, but for most people, and I think for those of us in particular who are parents, so parenting with our partner that we also like to have sex with – Um, You know, it's like my bed is the place where I like fold laundry and do all this other (laughs) stuff. It takes a lot more for me to get to that point than it probably does for my husband. And so little things like um, making sure you take time away from your home, like you literally get a physical change in location. Understanding that libido starts kind of sometimes for women when you wake up in the morning. So Mm -hmm. a little bit more care to like physical contact, a hug you know, you look nice or whatever that person's love language might be. Mm -hmm. Those things, those little things can actually go a really long way as far as like setting the stage for women. Um, And then, honestly, hormonal changes and, again, the stress and the sleep, I mean, all those things can make a really big difference. And we do have a lot of tricks up our sleeve for when we need more support on top of that. But, um, yeah, the libido can be a really big piece of the puzzle. Oh, totally.
0: So this is something, all of these topics are things that you are not shy about um sharing with people. Mm -hmm. You talk about it. You write newsletters. You send out emails. And you are even dabbling in the podcasting space. I am. I am. And, you know, you I think you've got some episodes that are like in the can, um, although you haven't
2: launched yet. No. And and I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you perimenopause is playing a role into why I haven't launched it yet. Oh, really? Because part of this is just really embracing that I am going to have weeks where I'm extremely productive. And life can get in the way. And I'm trying to embrace that ebb and flow of like, okay, okay it's going to come when it's going to come. So, I mean, I've recorded six episodes. They were they were supposed to launch on October 8th, and that's 100% my fault. So it should be out in the next four to six weeks. And I am super excited because I'm interviewing people that just have information that I want to learn. I mean, that's a lot of times I learn really cool stuff, and then I digest it and try to pass it on to my patients. And that's kind mm-hmm. of I like to think of myself as a conduit in that way. So I think each one of these episodes is going to be interesting, and that way I'll have something fun to share. And I did just interview a sleep expert on one of them. So super excited about that. And we're going to do another episode also. Yeah. Did you have to sleep on it? Uh.
0: Uh. Uh. (laughs) 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 Well, and – one of the one of the real powerful things, we talked about this during the break, is I'm a big fan of anything that is educational mm-hmm. and entertaining. Mm-hmm. And that is, yeah. I suspect, what your podcast is going to have that flavor of. Yep. It's educational, but it's also
2: entertaining. Yep. And by being both of those things simultaneously, it makes it approachable. Yep. It's really, and it's so, I mean, I am such a nerd. I cannot help myself. Like, I will deep dive into something and it's one of the things I love about my job is I love that I get to learn every day and I still like what I do. Mm-hmm. So to be able to do that and actually to like digest it and pass it on to people in a way that is um, understandable, that might improve their quality of life. like That is absolute magic to me. So I am really excited about the launching. I just wanted to have enough episodes recorded that it was, you know, enough for people to kind of stick with it for a few episodes. So, yeah, we'll see.
0: I love it. It's mm-hmm. So Thank good. you for
2: asking about of that. Of
0: course. Okay. Um... Oh, and J.D. says, (laughs) call on all men to stop being afraid of buying feminine products. Get over yourselves. Oh, J.D.,
2: we love you.
0: Hey, if anybody is uh, single and looking to mingle, we've got a great guy.
2: (laughs) Who loves to buy feminine hygiene products. Right,
0: and will. (laughs) And he just wants to know how he can help you. (laughs) So there you go, J.D. Um, So I want you to share um, how people can get in touch with you. How can they learn more about your practice and yeah. your supplement store and all of those you. things? Thank you.
2: Yeah, so my practice is in Issaquah on Front Street. Um, my storefront is Thrive Supplements, and my business is Naturopathic Clinic of Issaquah. You can find both of those things on my website at www.drbusy.com. So that's D-R-B as in boy, I-Z-Z-Y.com.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot of Busy Rileys out there. True. So yeah, if you look up mm-hmm. Dr. Busy, chances are you're going mm-hmm. to find her. True. true. Uh-huh. Yep. I mean, she's just that <laughs> awesome.
2: And the newsletter, you can sign up, up for our newsletter when you log onto my website. And then our podcast will launch on the website as well.
0: Okay. I will let people know when it launches. Thank you. Of course. So much. Um, I'm excited because um, not for the radio, but for... Hopefully my next episode, I'm busy is going to stay for a little while and I'm going to be bringing into the studio Maria Bartlow, who was on the show talking about her aunt, Tony Stone, uh, a while back. And I invited her to come on to the show because I thought it would be interesting to talk about aging with relevance. Mm -hmm. And so um, you can look for that on the podcast platform Again, it won't be on the radio, but it will be on the podcast platform and it'll continue the conversation about all of these things. Um, She's awesome and Busy's awesome. So
2: There's um, so much good conversation about going through this phase of life with more information mm-hmm. in an empowered way. I love how open everybody is about it right now. So what a great idea.
0: I'm so excited about it. And love you're that. the one that inspired my whole hit reset at 50 and love it. start all over again. Love it. Um, so thank
2: you to you, busy. Thank
0: you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, Eric. Thanks JD for being such a, um a, good loyal listener A <laughs> D is the official guest he is he's like today. OMG you guys <laughs> and um, next week my guest is Joe Meek who is a family friend to the entire Heller family Ooh, we adore him good one. he is hysterical and I'm looking forward to our conversation so Love it. everybody stay connected and have a great week <gasps> Yeah.